My name is Valerie Payne, and this is the podcast Finding Unity. I started this podcast because of a personal experience that helped me to see the need for unity in our society right now. I hope that you will come along with me on my quest to find unity as we seek understanding, connection, healing, and love. Hi, this is Valerie Payne, and you're listening to another episode of Finding Unity. And today I have my long-lost friend, Lisa Marie Allred on, who's going to be talking to us. Lisa, do you want to say hi real quick? Hello, hello. (laughs) Um, So Lisa, do you mind just kind of starting to tell us a little bit about yourself, about your upbringing and where you're from? Um, Sure, yeah. My name is uh, Lisa, as she said, and uh, I was originally born in Salt Lake uh, back in the early 80s. But was raised in San Fernando, California. Woo-woo. San Fernando Valley, California. <laughs> Woo-woo! Go 818. And I uh, lived there uh, for off uh, for pretty much about 30 years, so pretty much 30 years. And I uh, was raised a minority, pretty much in a sense. There was um, but it was really neat. It was really neat actually to be raised in the melting pot and stuff like this. And uh just just different, you know, uh single child um uh, raised by uh, a blind mother who you would never guess it because she <clears throat> she didn't let disabilities get her down and stuff like that. And so just, uh, you know, life was good. It was very simple. It was a paycheck to paycheck, you know, a uh, real simple kind of life. But yeah, really good. Pretty good. Nothing, not too many complaints. Wow. That's amazing. I actually did not know that about your mom. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so do you mind just sharing a little bit about some of your health struggles, like mental health and physical health? How old were you when they began? Um, so I was uh, I was slightly premature, uh, about four weeks, but nothing too crazy. But my mother being, di- she was diabetic, and that's actually what took her eyesight at 16. Um, uh, she was not really supposed to have me, and so it kind of caused some complications, which they didn't know at the beginning. But so by age four, so I'm about 85, um, all of a sudden I had something called VSD, which is ventricular septic disorder. It's, it's uh, open heart surgery, pretty much. And um, so they went in, kind of fixed that little hole in there, and we thought everything was good. And then pretty much just the trickle of things after that, um, starting pretty much at like six to nine, uh, I then had major kidney issues. I have extra parts that shouldn't be down, you know, in uh, my kidneys area that aren't making that wasn't working right. So they did surgeries on that and everything. I now stand at a, a, a number 20 on surgeries, which don't wow. like to be proud of, but that's where I'm at on that. And uh, pretty much, you know, I mean, I've got everything, you know, from vocal cord situations all the way down, you know, to varicose vein surgery, minor surgeries, carpal tunnels, stuff like that. But pretty much every, every leg, arm, you know, organ, three organs removed um so you know i think i've actually since you and i spoke we've had uh my uh, spleen removed so wow. that was fun that was about four and a half years ago so wow. and how old did you say you were when you had your first surgery i was four okay yeah so, so what was that like kind of having that experience at a, as a at a young age um and being well, in school and yeah what was that like for oh you? it definitely it definitely played a part in affecting physically and emotionally and mentally for the rest of my life at that time. I mean, it changed everything because I was out of school a bit. I mean, having kidney issues, you know what I mean? You uh, having other issues, they didn't know autoimmune, you know, 
disorders that they didn't know about. Um, it played a part, you know, it played a part on my parents. And so I think that trickled down as well. You know, I mean, I had my mom who's only child, you know, and, you know, she's just trying to keep this kid alive. You know, I mean, this heart situation, she's, she was struggling, you know, she had me at 19. And so for her to try to do all that and try to take care of me. And I mean, I might've just kind of went along and, and did what I was supposed to at the time. But I do remember um, a lot of traumatic, and I hate to use that word as like almost like a trend, but I mean, we have traumatic things we go through. And I think that, you know, I mean, even just uh, having medical treatments being done uh, that just women, grown women actually have done when I was like six to nine years old, it was, it was very hard, but I mean, they had to do these things. And so it was, you know, I mean, it, it just affected everything. It affected my mind on my body and just the, it just, it definitely, uh, it played a part, you know, I mean, and scars and surgeries and waiting times and yeah, and being out of school and um, it was hard. It was hard. My mother was struggling a lot that her daughter was struggling a lot, yeah. you know? So I'm curious, and I'm, I wanted to ask you this a little bit later as well, but I'm curious just for the, the child version of you. How were people able to help you feel a sense of belonging? Like when you were out and you would come back to school, did you struggle with friendships or or did you find people who were really helpful during that time? And I'm curious what people did that was helpful when you were younger and then um, maybe what like was not so helpful. Um, I was very, you know, I was very blessed to be in a religion uh, back in the day, I uh, my parents followed the LDS practice back in the day, and they were involved um, in a community, you know, of sorts. And so, you know, when I was out of school or when my parents were struggling financially, there was always people um, in our congregation that were there to give my family stuff, whether it was food, whether it was, you know, uh, used clothing that might fit me. I mean, and these weren't cream of the crop foods and steaks and, you know, and uh, name brand clothes, but they kept us afloat, you know, and they never, we never, I don't, my parents never, like, I don't feel like they ever felt like a charity case. You know what I mean? I don't feel like that we ever felt like that ever. I don't feel like, you know, it, it just was kind of the camaraderie amongst people back in the day and just let, you know, and, and maybe people didn't understand, you know, um, my friends didn't understand, you know, I had, I had friends, uh, that, that came to me. I, my best friend, we've been best friends for 27 years. And I went to her when I was struggling with so many, you know, mental situations and physical situations and, and was in the hospital and I, you know, I'm yelling at her and I'm like, you know, there was me and five close girlfriends, but she was my best. And I said, you girls don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to go through this and yada, yada, yada. I was the victim at the time. I thought, you know, I, I said these things and, and my girlfriend said, you know, you need to understand that, like, we won't know what it's like to lose our mom. We don't know what it's like to lose an organ but know that we will be here in any capacity we can to help you in any way we can. And that's what was great because they weren't trying to completely empathize with the situation when they couldn't at all. They were just trying to do the best that they can to sympathize with me and that and my family. And that was huge. Yeah. That reminds me of um, when I was in grad school for social work, I had a professor who said, as a therapist, never say you understand because you don't. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like that's what you're, um, friend was doing for you is saying look I don't understand but I'm here for you yeah oh it's it you know I mean it's stuck with me for the last 25 years since she's told me that you know it's it's huge yeah it's crazy yeah 
Awesome. Well, you you alluded to, um, so you talked about some physical health challenges and you alluded to um, how that may have impacted your mental health. Do you want to talk a little bit about mental health challenges and and um, just kind of help us understand a little bit of what you've experienced in your life with that? Absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's a, a great thing that we're finally trying to, you know, take a corner in this world of bringing awareness to it, you know, because I think that, you know, when we bring awareness to almost anything that there's been an issue with, uh, you know, it's hard. People don't like that change. They don't, you know, and they think, oh, it's trendy or, oh, you're just trying to jump on a bandwagon of, you know, uh, what you might be following at this time or what you might think. And no, it's not. I mean, that's the thing. You know, we've all been struggling for hundreds of years. I mean, and you look back at the practices, I mean, and they are just barbaric, you know, some of the things. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I do. I think that these, I mean, all these physical things, I mean, having organs removed, having to go through traumatic experiences, whether I wanted to believe in post-traumatic stress disorder at the time, or even just being affected at all, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't, you know, it was, I mean, and it was hard, um, because I, of course, am completely on board with medications. I actually am currently on, uh, medications right now, but at the time, you know, um, when my mother passed away, they said, you know what, here's some Zoloft, you know, see you later. They didn't say, you know what, let's, you know, what chemicals let's, you know, they were, they didn't take tests. They didn't sit me down. They didn't say, you know, let's try to figure out because the thing is, is that, I mean, if you maybe have ADD and, you know, you're given that wrong medication that's going to make you depressed, it's going to screw you up, you know? And so, I mean, I do, I just think that over the years, I just think that, you know, I mean, uh, the, I mean, what took my liver actually, I mean, affected me. It was called Wilson's disease mm-hmm. and Wilson's disease has copper and copper actually takes over your whole body. And that actually played a gigantic part in my personal situation, um, not knowing at the time. And that was the thing they had no idea. And even after um, my liver transplant, when I was uh, 16 years old in 1997, um, it still it wasn't discussed. So here I am just completely thinking I'm on the verge of just the world is just so hard and I can't deal with things and people don't get me and everything. When I was, I was drowning, I was drowning underwater and um, it's really hard. And there's so many people out there that are walking and talking and that, you know, um, and they're, and they look fine. I mean, you know me Val, like I have so you much look amazing you do well thank you <laughs> you look great i got energy you know and i'm running around at my job and i mean everything but some of us that are smiling laughing joking um applauding those others on we're struggling mm-hmm. and uh and i think i was i was struggling all throughout my life growing up with things that i didn't even know and then it i mean it just it takes its toll you know yeah. So what does, if you don't mind, um, going into just some more detail. So like, what did that look like for you and how were you able to get help? Oh my goodness. You know, it, uh, it took way too long. It took way too long. Um, it took a lot of, um, other blame. I'm like, you know what? It's everybody else's fault. They don't get me. Um, and you know, the pains of, you know, when I would recover from surgeries, oh, they don't get me. And finally, oh, I'm trying to, Think, I think I finally, you know what, I think it was somebody, I know, I know I had a support from all over, but I think that final straw was I had a big, big boss at work that just knew that I was crumbling. Like I just, um, you know, and uh, I had to get out and, you know, and I think maybe it's just 
people little by little just kind of reaching out. And I think that's why it's so important for us to really keep our eyes open for anybody that might even have just a pinky out. You know what I mean? And you don't even know it, you know? And I think that's where I was. I just had tiny little fingers out and I just, fortunately, I just had, you know, different people from different walks of life, whether that was in religious or medical avenues and work that were just like, you need help. You need help. Yeah. So it sounds like the, that your boss reaching out to you was kind of what helped you to take that step towards maybe getting more help. I think so. I, I think it was, um, I, I know that deep down I felt like, I mean, I was inside this really excited hum- person. Um, 2018, I was uh, really, really like, I mean, I was on a girl's trip. We were in Las Vegas. We were having the greatest time in our life. I was away from the children. There was no worries. And I remember looking at the other girls and saying, I need to be admitted. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Everything was great. Life was great. And it was just, and it was like, wait, who says that? But I knew, and I, it was almost like a, a whisper, like, I need help. Yeah. I need help. And I had been saying that kind of to my husband and my husband's incredible, but like, I think um, it's, it is, it's sometimes it's really hard to realize sometimes what somebody's going through and so that's why it is it's just it's so important that we've got to just work together because we cannot do it alone yeah at all so you're you're out in vegas you're having this girl's trip and you you mentioned to your friends i need to be admitted what was the reaction to you and what was like helpful and healing to you during in that experience because i bet there are people listening who who maybe if if someone says that to them they might know not know how to react and everyone's different so your experience doesn't mean it's going to be everyone's experience but i'm just curious what they said or what happened to kind of help you in that moment well it was funny cuz you know there's five of us so out of the four girls there was actually three that were almost i think sadly the norm for the norm outside and was like you're fine you're good you're good and they you know they walk on and I love them. These girls are great. But I did have a close girlfriend of mine that was actually, you know, it's funny because we actually were closer now, but we weren't closer at the time that she just was like, are you, are you okay? Like, I don't, this isn't okay. Like, so, like something's not, you know what I mean? This, these words shouldn't be coming out of your mouth, you know? And so it's, uh, you know, yeah, it is nice. And there's always that one person that just happens to be there, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I do. I, um, they just, you know, they were like holding my hand pretty much got me back to my husband in a sense. And, you know, and I'm trying to get back to life. And I just finally got to the point where it was like, you know what I am physically, mentally and everything broken from everything that I've gone through. And I tried and I, and the thing is that therapy was amazing. Therapy, I feel like was the first step. Um, clinical therapy was great, but there wasn't, um, the allowance of uh, medications to be involved when necessary. And in my situation, it became necessary, um, which is not the case for everybody, which is great, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just started trying to take the correct avenues. It sounds like that friend was really, you know, not brushing aside what you had said, but taking the time to seek understanding. And that was really helpful to you at the time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say, you know, having all of these experiences with your health challenge, your um, the mental health challenges, and you've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but what have been the biggest lessons you've learned and greatest ways that you've been able to connect and find unity through your experiences? 
Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy because, you know, none of us really want to go through certain things, but it absolutely creates unity. And, the, and like, I mean, if you're open to that uh, feeling that just kind of brings you to other people and that, that empathy that just drives you to understand others and for others to understand you and to be understood. Mm-hmm. We all want to be understood. Yeah. And I think unity is a really big thing about like being listened to and helping others and being understood. Like, I think it's so important. Yeah. So it sounds like through that experience, you've been able to do that, just kind of what you mentioned before with like talking to your friends in that experience. How has it helped you to help other people maybe who who might be going through similar or different circumstances? Uh, again, and I'll just touch very, very briefly on this, but um, in, in my faith, I was uh, given a, a blessing And in that blessing um, by a man that I had never met, uh, just from what he was feeling, he had told me that because of the experiences I had gone through, that I, in a sense, was kind of a vessel. Um, And maybe to feel things and to be able to be there for others. And so I actually, it's it's crazy because um, I'm very blessed and, I, and it's weird because I don't ever talk about this other than with my spouse because it feels, it's just such a... Um, like it's it's a, it's just a neat experience that just kind of comes when it comes and there have been people that are like I don't know what to do this is where I'm at and I don't always have the right answers and I don't even know like at all and it's not the same and it's everybody and and I mean the first thing I let them know I am not a professional mm-hmm. by any means you know by any means but I can be like you know what man like this, you know, I, I don't know, just experience, you know, I mean, experience, strength and hope like is so important. You know what I mean? And it is. It's just I think it's I feel like I've been fortunate to let others know um, to not give up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, you know, because people have like, oh, you know, well, you know, you've gone through this or whatever that and everything, because I did. I Like I, I did say before, um. I did go through a period of time, uh, a few years where it was like, I am the victim. I have this, you know, I have scars. I lost my mom. I've had all these surgeries. And then it was like, wait, I've been blessed with a liver transplant. Yeah, I've got a scar from it. Yes, I lost my mother, but I have an incredible stepmother that came into my life at 18 and has been in my life now till now that I'm 40. I, I cannot can, you know, it's those things are, those things happened. Mm -hmm. Those are hard. But I think that that's, I think when talking to others and everything, we can maybe help each other, um, not, you know, push away the things we've gone through, but maybe see how we can grow from those experiences together, you know, uh, uh, or at least, or express how you, we've grown personally and we can maybe help each other together from our own personal experiences kind of thing. Yeah. It sounds like you're really able to help build resilience. Um, so, and I feel like that's a good tool. Like you're not pushing down things that have happened, but building resilience through those, those things that have happened. So that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on. I always like to end with, with one final question. Um, so first of all, just, I appreciate you being on. So thank you so much. No, thanks for having me. Thank you, Valerie. Yeah. Um, so the, the question I always like to ask is what does unity mean to you? And you did mention this a little bit earlier, but is there anything else you wanted to add? What does unity mean to you? (sighs) Oh, you know, it's crazy. So, um, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, 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 oneness it's uh 
it's coming together. It's 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 becoming one. And when everybody we're you know, because we all have our weaknesses and we all have our strengths. And I just honestly I think that if we all like put our all whole body together, you kind of imagine it in this like kind of corny, you know, meshing of atoms and soul, you know what I mean? All that together through our experiences and our strength that we have for each other, you just I don't know, I get like nerdy chills. You just mm-hmm. become stronger. I just do. I think that it, you just, I think unity is the essence of getting, oh, you know, ahead in this life is working together and working as one. So oneness, I think. I love that oneness. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much Thanks, for sharing. Kevin. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. like I said, and like you said as well, I think it's really important to talk about, you know, physical challenges, mental health challenges, so that we can kind of break stigma. And I'm sure so many people listening have benefited and are benefiting from hearing your story. So thanks again. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, uh, you know, get a hold of me. And oh, my goodness, I've always loved having you in my life. So thanks, Valerie. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it on whatever platform you're listening to. Remember that it's okay to disagree. Unity comes when we can agree to disagree while still maintaining a love for one another. For more on unity, follow us on Instagram at finding.unity or on Twitter at finding underscore unity.